The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, In praying, do not babble like the pagans who think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you are to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. The Gospel of the Lord. How many times in the course of your life have you prayed that simple prayer, the Our Father? Can you even count them? Having said that, however, how well do we really understand it? And if one were to ask you to give an explanation of that simple prayer, you might find yourself feeling oddly awkward. Isn't that interesting? On the one hand, it is so very familiar, and yet on the other hand, so slippery when we ask ourselves, what does it mean and how do I understand it? And then this is a good place for us to pause here in this first week of Lent with the Lord teaching us what genuine prayer is. And he doesn't begin with the Our Father, he begins with an instruction. When you pray, do not babble on like the pagans do. What an interesting way of beginning. When you pray, don't think you need to say everything over and over again. And when you pray, do not simply let it be some form of random stream of consciousness by which you are addressing heaven. As if the longer I spend in prayer, the more powerful it's going to be. The more things I say, the more grace will come to me. When you pray, in fact, the Lord also says you don't need to explain everything to God as if you're his teacher. We do that, don't we? We turn to the Lord in our need and we begin asking for something and then we begin unpacking for the Almighty, the reality of our lives. This is what's going on, Lord. You have to see this. You have to understand this. 
And the Almighty is looking down on us thinking, last I checked, I'm the Lord of the universe. You're not. Last I checked, my wisdom and knowledge are perfect. And so note part of what the Lord is saying here is, your father already knows what you need before you ask him. He's not saying don't ask, but he's also saying don't preoccupy yourself in the asking with trying to tell the Lord his job, with trying to paint the clearer picture for God, because in the end what we're doing is justifying ourselves and asking the Lord to conform to our understanding and our desires. And that is a fundamentally wrong mindset. On the one hand, then, prayer, especially prayer that involves asking or seeking for something, is most effective when it is simple and direct. Note, simple and direct can still require us to spend considerable time in prayer. But note what it doesn't do. It doesn't force us to always be preoccupied with what I am going to say next. Because prayer is not about making God conform to our wills, and it's about bringing our wills and our lives into conformity with his. However, there's another element that we in particular as Catholics need to attend to with regard to this injunction of the Lord. When you pray, do not babble on like the pagans do. And it is common in Catholic settings to see a certain pattern develop among the faithful where we have our long list of prayers that we say every day. On the one hand, that's not bad. And yet, on another hand, there is a danger inherent with that. Because note what we're doing. This prayer's not enough. I need to say this one, too. And this prayer and this prayer are not enough because through some saint, God made a promise that if we say this prayer, so I better get that in there, too. And note what happens. The spiritual life becomes a matter of getting everything in. God doesn't care if you're getting everything in. What the Lord cares about is that you're turning to him in prayer. This agenda that we have, that I have to get all of these prayers in so that I can get all of the graces that are connected to them, is very dangerous because it creates a certain spirit of acquisitiveness within us. Where again, my turning to the Lord is not about seeking out his goodness and coming to know him. It's about doing what I need to do to get what I want to get. And note how all of a sudden that recasts and turns upside down the very essence of what our relationship with the Lord and trust in his goodness should be. It is also not uncommon in our churches to find in the backs of the church lists of prayers that people just leave. And what happens? Somebody reads it, and they pick up the prayer, and there's a description. And this prayer has never been known to fail. 
And you know, you pause and you wonder, like, how exactly do you test that? Did you have like 2,500 people say this prayer and all get, you know, how do, how do you even test and measure that? But note what happens. Oh my God, it's always effective. I better say it. And so without even considering where or how this prayer fits into my spiritual life, simply because there's a claim that it's always effective, I must say it. What have I just done? Without even thinking, I've babbled on like the pagans. I'm adding words for no clear reason other than the fact I think these words might be the effective ones. There will always be those who come up to us and say, you really need to practice this devotion. You really need to say this prayer. And every several months, it's a different list of devotions and a different list of prayers. And note what happens if I keep responding. There's no stability in my spiritual life. Oh, but there's a lot of words. There's a lot of words that are not well-ordered. I am babbling on like the pagans do. No, with good intentions, with very good intentions, but with great disorder in my heart and in my spirit. So note how important this is where the Lord, as he begins to teach us on prayer, says, let's be careful about that issue of quantity. Let's be careful about that need to get everything in. Let's be careful about what elements are part of your spiritual life because nobody can say all the prayers, but everybody can say some of them. And the important thing is having the spiritual discipline to know what the regular elements of my spiritual life are and to work with them without necessarily going out of my way to introduce new things. That's as important for us, for me as a priest, as it is for any layperson. There's a certain discipline that says, these might be very good devotions, but they're not my devotion. The clarity that says, my spiritual life has certain anchor points, and I want to respect those. And so the Lord starts there. It is not about saying every prayer that you think might bring you a grace because sooner or later you will be praying in, a, in the wrong spirit. Rather, it is about praying well. And so he says, if it's not about the quantity of words, if it's not about the number of prayers, if it's not about getting everything in, if it's not about trying to acquire every spiritual benefit that may be available to me, what is it about? And so the Lord says, it is about your relationship with your heavenly Father. And if it's about anything else, it's wrong. When you pray then, this is how you are to pray. And so now look, he gives us this brief, simple, and yet mighty prayer. And as he says this, he's saying, everything you need is here. This doesn't mean that other prayers are bad, but it does mean that everything that is necessary is found here. And if you do this well, 
you will be praying well. Curiously enough, we Christians speak an awful lot about prayer, and yet we also speak very little about the power of the Our Father. Of all the books you may have run into or pamphlets about prayer that have passed through your hands, how many of them even mention the Our Father or take it as the basis? And yet, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the section on the spiritual life, the Our Father is the structuring anchor for that. And why? Because this is the Lord saying, this is what is necessary, this is what we have to master. These fundamental, simple elements. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But note how it begins naming a relationship. And on the one hand, the relationship is intimate, but on the other hand, we are also saying it is an intimate relationship with the Lord of heaven, not an intimate relationship with just anyone. And when we speak of that desire, hallowed be thy name, the name of the Lord is already holy. We don't make it holy. But we need to learn to hold it holy and to treat it holy within ourselves. Note how in just those simple statements, a certain fundamental disposition, one of trust and yet one of awe at the same time, can root itself within me if I take my time and linger with it. Note how much those simple words can teach me if I slow down and think about them. Because when the Lord gives us this prayer, the Our Father, what he's not saying is, make sure you get it in every day and say these words. He's saying, let these words teach you. Learn to live within these words and to live out of these words. We don't take this seriously enough. The Lord here is teaching us what prayer is, and he gives us these words as the vehicle to concretize that teaching. Master this prayer, or better, be mastered by it, and your spiritual life will grow deep and be on the right track. Note how wonderfully, gloriously simple that is. And at no point does he say, only do this, as if he's ruling out everything else. But note the insistence, at some point, you need to do this. And this is where often we go off course. So let me give you some homework. Sometime later today, pray the Our Father, but do it slowly. Do it slowly and think about it. Let the words penetrate you. And ask yourself that question, how well do I really understand it? And if the answer is not as well as I would like to, that's okay. That's simply where we start. But when the Lord says, when you pray, this is what you should say. He's giving us a clear instruction. Learn this. Understand this. 
Let it begin to shape you and to move you and let it begin to form you. And let it be the source of the other prayers that you say. Oftentimes, we make the mistake of reducing the Our Father as to just one prayer among many. And a prayer that we, bluntly put, don't particularly esteem. We have our other prayers that we prefer, our other things that we need to get in, our other words that we need to say. But these are the words that Jesus gives us. And he says, make sure you're saying these. Make sure you're doing this. And note how wonderfully brief it is. Note how wonderfully brief it is. It asks for the great grace of holding the name of God as holy and sacred within our hearts. It asks for that great grace of the will of God to be done here on this earth with the perfection of which it is done in heaven. And by implication, in my life too. It asks for what we need to sustain our lives. It asks for the great gift of mercy. And it declares the intention to having received mercy, also being willing to share that mercy. And one marvels that so few words can say so very and note how fundamental this is. And moving out of these simple words, the Lord continues and concludes his teaching on prayer in a very, at first glance, odd way. He's told us not to babble on like the pagans, but to simplify things. And then he gives us this beautiful prayer, this model, which should be the fountainhead and the model of all other Christian prayer. And one would think that would be enough. And yet it's not. There's one more element to the Lord's teaching on prayer that we must attend to because the Lord himself puts it there. No sooner does he teach the Our Father, no sooner does he give the gift of his prayer to his disciples, but he gives them something more, or something that is equally a part of it is probably a better way to put it. He gives them the proper spirit in which they should say those words, in which they should pray the Our Father. In other words, no pun intended, saying the words isn't enough. One must pray not simply with the correct words, that's just getting everything in, but in the correct spirit. And what is that spirit of genuine Christian prayer? The remarkable thing the Lord says is one must pray in a spirit of one who is willing to forgive. And we pause and we say, that's often not me. Um, but note how important this is. The Lord connects the issue of forgiveness with the authenticity of prayer. 
It's tucked into the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, notice what the words actually say. Forgive us in the extent, to the extent that we forgive others. And that's a, that's a sobering thought when we consider how easily we can withhold forgiveness from so many. How easily we can cling to resentment and nurse our anger. But know what the Lord is saying here. The essence of prayer in no small measure involves the seeking out of mercy. And of all the things for which we can and must ask the Almighty, forgiveness and mercy is at the top of the list. It is not enough to ask for what I need to sustain myself. It is not enough to ask for the Lord's protection on me and my family or that special grace I might need to meet the opportunities that are in front of me. Those are good prayers to say and good things to ask for. But the fundamental truth is I am also a sinner. And as a sinner, I am in need of forgiveness. As a sinner, I am in need of salvation. And if I am seeking all of those other things and I forget my need for mercy, forgiveness, and salvation, I'm looking for the wrong thing. And so the Lord says, this great thing that you need and desire to be forgiven, to be set right with heaven, to be saved, is a gift that you can't seek for yourself without also being willing to share it with others. Note how important that is. You who desire mercy, must be able to learn how to show mercy. You who desire to be forgiven must learn to extend forgiveness. And it is the willingness to do that. The Lord is not speaking about perfection, but he is speaking about the willingness to do it. It is that willingness to do it that puts us in the proper spirit so that our prayer will truly be heard because the Lord doesn't listen to the one whose heart is hardened. The Lord doesn't listen to the one whose heart is closed. And the opening of the heart involves more than simply saying, help me. It involves as well the willingness to begin saying, I who need to be forgiven for so much need to learn to extend forgiveness to others. What a remarkably powerful series of lessons we have in so few words. This is why in no small measure the Lord says, don't babble on. Don't worry about getting everything in. Get the right things in. Do it in the right spirit. Let the right simplicity of prayer penetrate you. And then out of that, build everything else around it. The beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about this particular teaching of the Lord is that every time we celebrate Mass, he gives us this teaching all over again. In just a couple minutes, 
Jesus Christ is going to be right here on this altar. And as the Eucharistic prayer ends, we will all stand. And note what happens. Jesus is here. And what do we do? We pray the Our Father. The prayer that he teaches us. The prayer that he has given us. And at that moment, he prays it with us. Note how beautiful that is. Every time we gather for Mass, Jesus teaches us to pray all over again. When we pray it today, pay attention to the presence of the Lord on the altar and be conscious of praying that beautiful prayer with him. And when we look upon him who becomes our daily bread, when we look upon him who wins us forgiveness, when we look upon him who in his self-giving is still here with us, all of those words do feel very, very different and much more powerful. What a great gift it is. We pray here, and he prays that prayer with us from this altar. And our prayer of the Our Father rises up to heaven on the strength of his. Amen.